This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Guys, are ready to receive today. Amen. Guys, grab some uh, notes on your way in here. Uh, we started a, a, a series here a few weeks ago called uh, Stronger, and uh, we're talking about being stronger. That the Lord wants us to be strong. Amen. We know that Ephesians six says that to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Uh, He wants us to be strong. He's made us strong. We're also uh, encouraged that he continues to strengthen us as we walk with him, as we look to him, as we we do the principles that he's laid out in his word. Uh, You know, one thing though that you can see when you continue to read there in Ephesians 6 is is the point that... um, you know, Paul makes that, that we can be strong in the power of his might, but there's things that we have to do. Uh, it goes on to say to put on the full armor of God, which that really kind of, uh, as, as much as the Lord strengthens us and adds to us and has things that we, we need to live by, there are actions that you and I have to take in order to remain strong, amen? And that's what we've been talking about here the last few weeks. Uh, we talked about right thinking and obeying. Uh, uh, the very first week, Pastor Mike talked about knowledge and vision and how those uh, uh, play an important part in us remaining strong. Last week, we, we, we talked about having God's priorities over pride and how when we have pride in our life, that, that uh, uh, causes us to be weak. And so we have to remain humble, uh, clothe ourselves with humility so that we can remain strong. And so this week, I want to talk about that we're stronger when we go to church. And you guys are probably all thinking to yourself, well, that's obvious. I- I'm here, right? And uh, so what's your point? Well, uh, the point is, is that, you know, there, there, there seems to be kind of a disconnect within, within the church. And, and by that, I mean there's, there's this failure to see kind of the importance of being in church. Uh, sometimes you hear, well, you know, what's, what do I really need to be there? And, and uh, maybe there's a question of the value of actually being in church. And, you know, and, and so... You know, in all of my years, I'm not going to tell you how many years I've been doing this for quite a few. You know, you get to you get past a few decades. It's like, oh, gosh, darn, I'm getting old. But but, you know, as I've grown in in this and I've, as I've walked in this, I tell you, actually, when I was a little tyke, mom and dad, and they first started this church, they were going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And, you know, some special meetings. I mean, they were here a lot and there were a lot of people here. And, uh, you know, and through the course of time, you know, um, we've seen attendance go from, you know, people attending about 75% of the time to 60% of the time. And so, so, you know, as much as I don't want, I don't want you to feel like this is a, uh, a condemning message because it's not, uh, this is a, a message of encouragement to help just, you know, kind of reorient and remind ourselves of the importance of why it is that we come to church, why it is that we assemble ourselves together, because the word of God is very clear about the importance of it, the value of it. And you'll, you'll see that today as we go through, uh, um, um, through, through this lesson. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times I think we struggle with the reason why. I heard this story about this guy who, who he had three reasons for his wife. Uh, you know, they were getting up and he's like, you know, I, I have three reasons why I don't want to go to church. And he said, number one, I don't like the building. And number two, uh, I don't like the people. And number three, the people don't like me. And, uh, and the wife responded very, very clearly, well, I have three reasons why 
I'm going to church. Number one, I got up, and so I'm going to church. Number two, the kids got up, and they're going to uh, church. And number three, you're the pastor, and they're expecting you to be there. Now, Rachel and I never have, we never have that conversation. I always want to go to church. Now, when I was thinking about it, though, when I, I was thinking about when I was a teenager, there were conversations that my mom and dad had with me because I had a bad attitude and I didn't want to go to church. And they're like, you're going to church. You don't have a choice in the matter. You're going to church. You're the pastor's son. You're going. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, even as a young person, you know, as a teenager, the teenagers are in here today. I didn't really grasp the reason why I needed to be in church. Like, what's the big deal? And so, so that's really kind of the heart behind this is just, you know, understanding uh, uh, the heart of our Heavenly Father, the design that He has placed for us as believers. And, uh, you know, if we want to be strong, we have to understand that church is vital to continuing to be strong in our lives. It's kind of like air and water and food, and we all have to have them, right? Uh, we love survival shows. I don't know about you guys, but our family loves all of the different survival shows on all the different streaming platforms, uh, and uh, so we'll watch, we'll watch those. And, and if there's anything that you learn from those sh shows is the rule of threes, right? You have three hours to find shelter, you have, what is it, three days, you can go three days without water, and you can go three weeks without food. I don't think I could go three weeks without food, but the point is, is that these things are vital to the survival of a person. If you found yourself to be lost, these are rules to live by when it comes to surviving. The same thing is true in our lives as spiritual, uh, as believers, is, is that there are vital things that we have, uh, uh, that we need, and one of those is um, being a part of a church, being assembled together with other believers. It is vital. And I would take it a step further that it's not just surviving. We don't go, just go to church so we can just survive. No, we go to church so that we can thrive, so that we can continue to use what it is that God has placed inside of us and, and, and use us and, and, and uh, allow us to be a blessing to other people. And so, um, you know, what is the big deal with going to church? You know, sometimes we say, well, it's not, it's not really that important. If you find yourself thinking that, that church isn't important or that it's not vital, you need to, you need to uh, understand that, you know, we looked here uh, uh, just a little bit ago at Ephesians that he said to put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that we could stand against the wiles of the devil or the, another version says the strategy of the devil. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm convinced that these ideas that we have in our mind when it comes to the importance and the, uh, uh, the value of church, the enemy uses those things in our mind as believers and, and, and and you can see it as we go through time that he's, he's talking people out of the, the importance of church. He's talking them out of saying, yeah, it's not that big a deal. You know, if you just, and, and what we see is, is we see this slow drift away in people's hearts and minds when it comes to their valuing of the church. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of Matthew 16, 13. If you guys want to open up your Bibles to Matthew 16, we'll kind of be looking from there. But you guys remember when Jesus was talking to uh, some of the disciples and he said to uh, them, he said, who do people say the son of man is? And, and, and they replied, uh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, and some of them say other prophets. 
And, and I think that that sounds familiar because it's like Jesus was asking them, who do men or who do people say that I am? They didn't know. They, th there were people that, that were questioning. They didn't have a specific answer. They didn't have a specific understanding of who Jesus was. But, but look what it goes on to say here in the next verse. And then Jesus asked them, he said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter asked him and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And, and so Peter knew who Jesus was. He, he had a revelation knowledge of, and a knowing of who Jesus was in his life. And Jesus said, man, you got that from your heavenly father. And the same thing is true for us as believers. There are people that are, are going around and they're asking themselves the questions, what, well, what's the What's the importance? You know, what's the value of church? Why, why do I need to be there? They're kind of like the people in this scenario where they didn't really know who Jesus was. But there are believers who understand and know just as Peter knew who Jesus was, they understand and know the value, the importance, and, and the, um, just the added value to their life when it comes to being assembled and being in church. And so, it goes on to say, though, and what's very interesting is, is look what Jesus said, because here we see uh, Peter talking about you know, this, and then Jesus says these things right here. Look at this. It says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, look at this, I will build my church, and the power of hell will not conquer it. And verse 19 goes on to say, I will give you the keys to the kingdom or the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so I, I, I see three things here today and those three things are, when it comes to his church, number one is, is that his presence is in the church. God's presence is in the church. Number two, God's power is in the church, and number three, God's people are in the church. And so I wanna look at these three points. I wanna look at their significance in our lives as believers to help us to understand and know, just as Peter knew who Jesus was, we need to know the value of the church in our lives. And so number one is Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And that's number one is God's presence. God's presence. <clears throat> Jesus is the head of the church and we his people are the body. Where is Jesus? In your notes, Jesus is building the church. That's where his presence is at. He, he, his, his, his focus is, is on building the church, it's on the body, and uh, Jesus is a builder. He's a builder of the church, which is you and I. It's not this building, Jesus isn't building the building, he's building us as believers, as, as followers of him. He's working, he's, he's working on us, he's helping us, he's increasing us, he's showing us things, he's revealing things to us, but we have to value that. We have to know that Jesus is building me. You know, and, and I don't know about, I, I love the fact that Jesus is a builder because I am a builder. I started as a builder as a young, young man. I picked dad's best apple tree out in the yard and I began to assemble all the pieces of wood, got the hammer and the nails, actually sowed some major seed. I'm now, I am now reaping that harvest because I find all my tools out in the yard. But anyway, I'm a builder at a very young age. I started building this apple tree and I, I started with one level and I built these decks where I could roll up on you know, my four-wheeler and the gang of, of four-wheelers. We could have quick access 
into the treehouse, and then I decided that, you know, if we wanted to have safety and real more free, free living and more square footage, I had to go up a level because the apple tree obviously went out, and so I made a second level, and that wasn't good enough, and I decided to go to a third level. I mean, it was just, it was a, it was a, a masterpiece of ingenuity and engineering on my part, and uh, one day I put a, a rope in there because I realized I had to figure out a quick way out of the third level. I don't want to have to climb down the whole thing. And so I tied a rope in there and I, 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 I looked down and I said, I can do this. And I jumped. And what I didn't realize is that skin or the epidermis and a nylon rope do not go well together. And by the time I got to the bottom, my hands were on fire and stuck to the rope. <laughs> that rope got removed. From, from the treehouse, and I went to more of a fireman's pole, found a fireman's pole in the backyard. Now, this, this, this tree, although it was an engineering feat, marvel, uh, you know, of, of monstrous proportions, it had some minor issues. It had a, f- a few minor issues. One, the rope, and number two, the railing system on this treehouse was not necessarily OSHA approved. And uh, one summer when I was not around and, uh, you know, signs were not posted, my, my cousin came over and uh, he didn't get the memo and he fell out of that tree and broke not one arm, but two arms. Yeah, I wasn't there to enjoy that. <laughs> my mom was though. But here's the point. <laughs> Phil was, Phil paid for it. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Um, but here's the point. Jesus is not building shoddy tree houses, okay? <laughs> Jesus is building the church. And he's building a church that, that, he, that the word of God tells us that is without spot or blemish. He's, he's coming back for a church and a bride that is, that is beautiful and strong. And so all the more reason for us as, to, as believers to understand and recognize that, that although the church is not perfect, Although there are, are, are issues, Jesus is building his church. And, and we as believers have to understand that he is building the church. And we can't allow ourselves to get focused on what, what things aren't happening or what things are being done or maybe the people and their decisions because what we're doing is, is we're falling prey to one of the strategies of the enemy because Jesus is absolutely building his church. And, and, and that leads us to the next point that God's presence is in the church. Exodus 25 and 8 says, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so that I can live among them. Verse 22 goes on, it says, I will meet with you there and I will talk with you there. So we understand that Jesus is building a strong church. And when we assemble ourselves together, the presence of God is here. It is here to talk to you. It is here to meet with you. And we have to understand, because Jesus confirms this in Matthew 18, 20, it says that for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. When we come together, it's not just, it's just not getting together. No, man, when we come together, Jesus is here. He's building his church, and this is the place where the presence of God is here to touch and talk and meet and, and, and show us things. And so we should desire to be in his presence. We should desire to be in his presence. You remember in Exodus thirty-three fifteen. 
that God became, he became uh, uh, angry with Israel and, he's, and, he, and he just basically told Moses, that, Moses, you just go on. I'll send an angel with you. And remember what Moses said? He said, he said God, is your presence gonna go with? And he said, no. And Moses said, his response was, is that if your presence does not go with us, we're not going that way because I wanna stay in your presence. And the same thing should be true for you and I as believers that, that man, when the church gathers together, we know that, that he is here, his presence is here, so man, we should be wanting to be in his presence because you know if the church is assembling, we should wanna be there. We should want to be in his presence. So we have to understand that there's no other organization, there's no other meeting in the world where God's presence is. It's designed to be in the church. And so, man, when the doors are open, we should be here and, 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 and be in his presence. Verse 18 goes on to say that Jesus said that the power of hell would not conquer his church. He said it would not conquer his church. So that, that leads us to the second point is, is that in his church is God's power. God's power is in the church. And God's power is greater than any power that hell could ever bring. I don't know about you, but that is an encouragement to me that no matter you know, what attacks the enemy may bring on my life as, as a believer or, or on the church, you know, as a whole, Jesus reassured us that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. That, that informs me, Matt, that there is great power available in the church. And so we have to understand that that, that power is released when, when we're in agreement. Uh, Matthew 18, uh, 19 says, I also tell you this, that if you agree here on earth concerning anything, my Father in heaven will do it. For where two or three or more are gathered as my followers, I am among them. We just looked at that. But the verse preceding basically said that, man, if you're in agreement touching anything, praying and, and agreeing about anything, there is great power available. And I don't know about you, but there's more than two in here, is there not? And so when we gather together, there's great strength, there's great power that's available. I remember uh, years ago, I had injured my back and uh, I was believing God and trusting him for my healing and for some reason it just was slow in its coming. And I can remember one night, I was, uh, one morning, one Wednesday morning, I, I was leaning up against the door uh, where it goes into our garage and, and I was putting my shoe on and I was like, Lord, why? You know, why is this not coming? And uh, went on about my day and I was sitting pretty much where uh, they are over here and Pastor Mike was up here speaking one night on healing and he got to uh, Psalms 107.20 at the very end of the sermon and, he, and, and you guys, you know, says he sent his word and healed him. He read the scripture and I was healed. My, the pain, all the pain that had been in my back left immediately. And so we have to understand that, you know, there's, there's different ways. I mean, a lot of times we think, well, we can lay hands because the Bible teaches that we can lay hands on people and they'll be, but, but there's power that is available when we come to church. But if we just, if we come with this idea, well, I just gotta go and I just gotta get, I, I, I feel obligated to do it. We miss out on this idea that, the, not this idea, but this absolute truth Ruth, that his presence is there. And number two, when we are there, his power is there 
to, to heal. His power is here to deliver. His power is here to set people free if they will believe it and, and if they will accept it. And, 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 you know, just as we looked at before, like the, the people that were asked, okay, who is Jesus? They didn't know. It was just an idea. But Peter knew who Jesus was. And as believers, we know we, we can go to church knowing, man, Jesus is building his church. I am a part of his church. And when I go to that place, I'm going to a place of his presence. I'm going to a place of his power. And man, he's going to touch me. He's going to change me. And not only that, maybe just not me, but I'm going to watch him as he touches and changes other people, other people that are far from God with his presence and with his power. We have to have that expectation when it comes to the things of God. Otherwise, we come in here and, 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 it's, and it's just a meeting. It's just a, it's just a time where we got together and we check it off the list and we leave. I want God's presence and his power to be in this place. And it comes into this place when we are in agreement. We're in agreement to his word that that is so. That is the way that it needs to be. And, 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 and we, when we come and we show up, it's like I'm expecting people's lives to be touched and changed. I'm expecting the presence. I'm expecting the power in the service. It doesn't matter where it is. It could be on a Wednesday night. It could be on a Sunday morning. His presence and his power is here if we will uh, anticipate it in our lives. Amen. And so we have to agree with that. And um, we access this power by being planted. Look at what Psalms uh, 92 12 says. It says, but the godly will flourish like a palm tree. You know what a palm tree signifies? A palm tree signifies victory. Remember when Jesus was on his way? They were, they were you know, waving the palm trees. It says he'll flourish like a palm tree and grow strong like a, the cedars of Lebanon. And verse 13, for those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God, even in old age. If you're old today, you will remain vital. That's gotta feel good, doesn't it? Yes, even in old age, we'll still produce fruit and remain vital. So, but, but here's the key, guys. If, if we wanna remain fruitful, we wanna remain vital, if we wanna flourish like, the, like these trees, what do we have to do? We have to remain planted. We have to, to remain in the house and understand that this is the truth. If we're disconnected, if we're unengaged, if we're uninvolved, if we're resistant, if, we, if we're questioning, if we're in doubt, we're not really planted, you know? We, 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 we are kind of pulled up. I've done this, I, I, we had a bush in our backyard and uh, I didn't like where it was planted. And so I pulled it up and I moved it over. And then I looked at it again, I'm like, I don't like that. I pulled it up and I moved it over. Can, you t can I tell you that, that that plan is not healthy at all? I mean, it's like the other ones are down here and they're flourishing, growing. Like I'm having to cut them off. I'm like, what kind of bushes are these? You know, where did these things come from? I, they're, they're, they're flourishing so much. But this one that I moved multiple times because, because I pulled it up and I uprooted it, its, it's roots didn't go down deep. And, and the same thing is true in our lives when it comes to the church, that it's like we have this understanding that, that, you know, although life is busy, I understand things come up, I understand that there are things that fall on Sunday, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that you have to be here 100% of the time. My, my point is, is that, man, I'm gonna make every attempt to be there. If the doors are open, I'm gonna be there. And if I have a, a conflict, man, I'm gonna make sure that I'm there on Wednesday. Why? Because I wanna remain planted, and I don't 
don't want to look like Brian's bush in the backyard, right? That's, that's not growing, that's not flourishing, that's not vital, that's not, you know, producing fruit. No, we, we as believers want to be vital. We want to produce fruit. We're, we're called to do that. We never reach an age where we, we come to this place where God says, hey, you know what, it's okay. Don't, don't flourish anymore. Don't be vital anymore. Don't produce fruit anymore. No, no, this is, this is until we see Jesus, until we stand before him where we as believers are remain planted in the church and, 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 and bringing what it is. I'm so glad that we have this church that's multi-generational, that we have, the, the, we have the, the people that are bearing fruit in old age and we have the young people that, that are in here today. It's, it's a generational church where, where we, we're adding to it and we're bringing a supply of who it is that we are because we can, we can receive this presence and power and, and it really, it leads to this, this point that, you know, some people say, well, it's, it's it, all I need is me and God, we, you know, and with, with the advent of, of social media and all of the different people that you can watch online, we fall to this strategy of the enemy. I'm not saying that, that there isn't stuff online that's not good. It is good. But you have to understand it is not a replacement for the assembling of ourselves together. It's just not. You, you can be built up, you can be strengthened, you can be encouraged, but you can't understand, you, you know, that's not, what, that's not how Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, you know, forsake not assembling and watching YouTube, right? He, he said, assemble together with, with believers. And, 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 and people think, well, all I need is God and me, but, and I understand because sometimes we can be introverts and maybe we don't like people and well, yeah, you know, introverts are more closed off. They don't enjoy, extroverts love people. Like they get, they're added to energy and people that are introverts, they're kind of drained by people and so they gotta go away for a few days and yeah, I don't understand it. But anyway, that's just how God made us. And so if you're in that position where you say, well, I don't need people, that's not true. You need people. What did Jesus say, I mean, or what did God do? He, he, he created for days. And then he got to the end and he said, it's not good that man is alone. Now, some of you guys are saying, well, that's just talking about Eve. Eve Eve's a woman and man really needed a, a, a helper because man will hurt himself in many, many ways. Well, that's true. Yes, that's true. But, it, but there's more to it than the husband-wife relationship, and that is it's not good for man to be alone. What, what does the first two commandments that we're given? What? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself, right? We could say, okay, number one, love God. Number two, love people. Another way you could say that is relationship with God and relationship with people. And so we can see that, that in the beginning, it wasn't good for man to be alone. And even in the first two commandments, God's saying, listen, I'm first, but you need people in your life. And, and so God's presence and power uh, flows through people. Look at what it says here in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize this. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another with special revelation God has given. One will uh, speak with tongues and another will interpret what it is that he said. But everything that is done must be done to strengthen you all. So what this is telling us is, is that we're built up, we're built up by other people's giftings and what it is that flows through them right? One person has a song. Aren't you glad that the people that stand up here have a song? I can tell you, if I stood up here with a microphone, you would not be built up or edified, 
Okay, I'm just, I'm just telling you that. I, I got to stand, uh, be in uh, the children's department a couple Wednesdays. I was built up and edified by Daryl's teaching. You know, and so we come to this place where there is a supply that is given for each and every one of us. And, and what's so amazing is, is that our Heavenly Father says, I've given it to you through another person. But you have to go to the place, you have to go to the house, you have to assemble yourselves together to receive what it is that you need. And, and so we have to fight against this idea that I don't need anybody else. No, we need one another. We're strengthened, we're encouraged, we're edified by one another when we come to this place and with, uh, into the house. He said, I want you to live in community. I want you to live in congregation. I want you to assemble. You can remember, uh, we won't look at it in depth, but in Numbers 10 and Numbers 31, they actually blew a trumpet to assemble. I thought about bringing a trumpet for my trumpet days, but I didn't. Um, to, to assemble the people. And the reason that they assembled the people, and it says in, in Numbers, was for edification. And, and some people are like, well, what's edification? Ed edification is just encouragement, to be encouraged. Another one was for direction. And number three was for protection. They would blow this and they would all assemble. Now you have to understand that, that, that when it comes to protection, there's some people when it says, I don't need people, what, what they're doing is, is they're getting out away from the core. Like if you guys are the core here today, and, and if I have these ideas, I don't need the church, I don't need to be there, I don't understand the, the value of it, uh, I don't need people, it's just me and God, what I'm doing is I'm stepping out away from the assembly of, and I'm on the fringes. I am easy prey for attack, right? We've got these hawks that are around our, our house, and we got this little dog, and, we, and we've been seeing them close by. So what are we doing, man? We're pulling our dog in on the leash. We're getting him in closer to the group, closer to the assembly, so that, that he is safe. And the same thing is true for us when, when this is a strategy of the enemy, man, just little by little, subtly by subtly, he'll, he'll tell you, and what he's trying to do, he's trying to separate you from people. He's trying to separate you from the body of Christ to get you out to a place where you're unloved, you don't, nobody cares about you, you know, all of these feelings, and you slowly but surely step away, and you're, you're prey for the hawk to sweep in and snatch you away. I, I've, I've always thought that that would be very, very crazy if Ollie got snatched away and the leash went up under the gutter. But, but you don't wanna do that. We don't wanna do that as believers. We do not wanna be snatched away. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that one? Okay, that was not a good illustration for today. Disregard that, delete that from the tape. My point is, we can't be on the fringes. Man, we gotta be in the middle. Like we, we should wanna scoot in and be a part of what's going on and rub shoulders with people and love on people and find opportunities to encourage people and edify people and, and be a part of his presence and his power in assembly. Amen? And so, you know, what's the difference? The difference between gathered and assembled, the difference between gathered and assembled, because we're gathered here today. Sometimes my wife has this, this I'll just confess, that uh, our marriage is not on the rocks, I just want you to know that. Uh, our marriage is on the rock, but sometimes when, I, when I'm at home, my wife says, well, you're here, but you're not here. So you guys know what that means? Any men in here understand what that means? Yeah, you're here physically, but in your mind, you're somewhere else, right? 
And sometimes in church, guess what? You're here, but you're not here, right? I'm not saying nobody's home. I'm not saying you don't, you know, your few fries are already happy meal. I'm not saying any of that, so don't take offense. I'm just saying that your mind is somewhere else. It's where you're gonna go, what you're gonna do, where you're gonna be. God's saying, listen, my presence and my power is here, and if you'll, you'll pause for a second and not just, okay, we're gonna just jump in this room and gather together. No, we're gonna assemble ourselves together. So what's the difference? It's, it's uh, funny because we were just talking about this the other day, but when we were teenagers, my dad bought a car for my brother. He bought a 65 Mustang uh, Fastback, and this is the picture. There it is, the day that it showed up at our house uh, uh, out in the country. So 65 in need of a lot of work, right? And uh, the next picture, you can hold it right here. This was the inside of the car, okay? When the car showed up, the car had literally, and it, it had a pile of parts that were gathered together. They were gathered together inside of the car, just sitting there. I mean, we opened it up and we're like, oh my gosh. And, and dad was saying, you know, we laid these parts out everywhere. And we didn't know where these parts went. We're looking at this thing. We're thinking to ourselves like, what did we just get into? I'm sure dad was saying, what on earth did I do? <laughs> but here's the point. These parts were spread out everywhere and those parts were super valuable. I mean, ask dad after service. We went to this old house in Omaha. We would go there quite a bit quite a bit because we didn't have all the parts for this car and we had to put this car together and so we would go to Omaha we'd go to this sketchy sketchy neighborhood where there was a sketchy house that looked like it needed a match and you go inside and there were parts galore for for Mustangs I mean like every part known to man now you couldn't find it you had to go into the house and dig for these parts but these parts were really like some of them were really cool they were unique they were you know sometimes you'd take it up to the guy like what does this go to you know and they were super valuable he wrote the checks for it uh you know and so we'd gather those parts we'd take them home and and but what you have to understand is is that they were only so strong they were only so pretty and they were only so valuable by themselves. And so what we had to do was there was some assembly required. Actually, there was assembly required. And so the next picture was a, another shot. That's a back seat. So the back side of the seat is not there. There's no, nothing to lean on. Not, not all the parts were there. That, this car was going nowhere soon. Okay, you could not take this thing out. I mean, you could have. You could have rolled it down the road, but it would have been, you might have been ended up in the ditch. It just wasn't going to power itself. It wasn't going anywhere soon. And so we had to assemble it. And so the next picture is a picture of me and dad. We're getting closer. And uh, he's having a lot more fun now because I think maybe we're not spending as much money on it. I don't know what it is. The next one. Could have been a heated issue. I'm not sure the look on dad's face. He did not look happy with Greg, but it could have been because Greg destroyed the transmission. I don't really know. But the point is, is that what's really cool about this story is, is that the, all these parts were assembled. And here, here's the final product right here. Beautiful. All of the parts were assembled together to, to be brought together to look like this. And, and it's just so cool to me because this is a picture of the church. 
It's, it's exactly the same way. If we, if we, if we decide, oh, you know, church is not really that important. Why do I need to go? And we have these excuses. We're a part in this thing and we're laying off to the side. There's value. There's strength. There might be some strength in our life. There might be some importance, but we're not assembled together with the, the rest of the church. And when we assemble ourselves together, man, we're faster, we're stronger, there's, there's more ability. We're going places. We're gonna, we're gonna be able to get to where it is that we wanna go. That is how he designed the church to be. And, and, and so in our lives, we have to understand the value the value of the church, that, that his presence is there, his power is there, and God's people is there. So I wanna do something. I wanna have uh, uh, um, you, yeah, come on down here, buddy. Yeah, you. Emily, come here. Lauren, come here. Dad, come here. You guys, come on up here. You do. Yeah, just come, people that are close, come on up. Yeah, you got this. Let's stand face them. Turn around face them. Listen, let's all hold hands. You guys all stand up. Let's all grab hands because we're gonna assemble ourselves together. Let's scoot in. We need some more people. You guys wanna fill in here? Everybody jump in. Everybody grab hands. You guys wanna scoot over there and grab hands with somebody? Listen, we're gonna pray together because we are the church. We are members that have been assembled together. Why? For power, for his presence, and because we are his people, amen? And so we're gonna pray. Father, we just come before you today, and I just thank you, Father God, for this house, this house of believers, Father God, that know and love you, Father. And Lord, we understand today the value of your church, your body. We are your body. And Father God, we just, we just wanna commit and consecrate our lives, Father God, to, to gathering ourselves together and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As some would in these latter days. Father, we want to be people, Father, that are just, that, that are, that are just uh, going hard after the things of God. And Father, we're bringing people with us. As people come in, Lord, we're grabbing their hand, we're accepting them, we're, we're encouraging them, we're, we're, we're edifying them, we're welcoming, welcoming them into our body of believers, our family, our church, the church at large, Father. We love, our we love the church, we love your body, and we value it, and we know that it's important. And so today, Father God, I thank you for everybody that's in here. I pray, Father God, that you'd strengthen them, that you'd edify them, Father, if they're, if they're weak right now, if there's things that's going on in their marriage or with their kids or at their job or in their business, Father God, we pray for one another. You said, Father God, that when two or three are gathered, you're there, and there's great power, and there's agreement in the, in the agreement. And so today, Father God, as a body of believers, Father, we agree for, with one another. We agree for, for finances. We agree for things to sell. We agree, Father, for things to move. We agree for, for strife to, to desist. We agree, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you're at work in our lives. You're at work in our families. You're at work in our marriages. You're at work in this church, Father God. We are so thankful, we're so grateful, Father God, for this church that you've given to us. Father, we steward it, and we just, we just want you to know today, Father God, how much we love your body, we love your church, and Father, we commit ourselves to, to, to not forsaking ourselves with the assembly, Father. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. You may, you may be seated, and uh, we'll just finish up. 
you can bow your heads and close your eyes. We just want to make sure that, that everybody is, is right with the Heavenly Father. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed and you are far from God, today is your day to have an opportunity to be brought near to him. If you're that person, you say, Brian, that's me. I, I've walked away from him and I need to be restored. Uh, today is your day. Is that, if there's anybody in here, just raise up your hand and say, Brian, that's me. And then you can put it right back down. Is there anybody at all? Anybody at all? How about if, you, if you've not made a decision? Okay, I see that one. If, you've, if you're that person here today and maybe you haven't asked him to be the Lord of your life and you say, Brian, I, I, wanna, I wanna ask him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, just raise up your hand real quick and then you can put it right back down. Is there anybody in here? Awesome. Okay, well, we're going to pray with this one that, that, that wants to be brought back. And so just repeat with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, that he, he uh, uh, died for us. And Father, today, we just repent for our wrongdoing. And we just thank you, Father, that you've brought us near and you've forgiven us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey, we're gonna take-